to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. Hello, good noon today. This is Five Blossom Radio and Denise Richard speaking to you. Uh, today we look at the power of compassion and stages of compassionate care and development. So our podcast is going to speak, obviously, to compassion, but this is the formidable power that protects and promotes care. So many cannot understand. Many of you just don't get how this can work in such a painful world. Today we're going to look at compassionate care and development and how it holds distinction. So... I'm going to do a little reminder to all of you who want to ask questions. As usual, 1-888-346-9141 if you want to call in. Uh, There's also uh, Facebook, Five Blossom Gatherings, and Twitter. We have Denise Richard, LinkedIn, Fires of Compassion. So let's recap. We've been working on compassion for a little bit now. Over the past week, we've spoken of the power of, of, of power and empowerment in distinct ways. Now, how, how do we know what is power? And I look at this as a question and go, well, it's really the essence of care. It's the ability to be. It's what gives growth and healing. So we spoke to how spiritual poisons last week or the week before, reflect and dangerously um, touch all levels of our existence and how the antidote is always in hand. Our work here is going to ask us to look at empowerment in a common way today. As I see that compassionate care imbues, it infuses us. So today I would like to begin with speaking of compassion. I'm going to look at it in a usual way and work to give you a little grounding as to how we cultivate it. So what is cultivation? It's the ability to grow something. It's the ability to imbue yourself with the skill sets, with the energy, with the consciousness to make something new. So it's obvious that a healthy person like you (laughs) would want and need and expect to be treated with care in a situation that was important to you, right? That makes sense. You can consider that in this way of work, we don't engage violence and we don't allow for bullying. Now, this is, this is really clearly said at the, at the beginning, this is to honor the voice of the situation. So I I put that out there because we haven't spoken directly to that, that compassion does not in this model engage that. Pretty obvious for many people, but the honor of the voice of the situation means that the likelihood is that a situation of importance will ask for awareness and clarity to help fulfill a positive resolution. So this makes sense to those who will consider kindness. So when considering your compassionate care envelope, when you're considering yourself, we're going to engage ourselves and we're going to engage the felt sense 
I know that this is really basic, but if you see that we're born with this really marvelous ability to sense, you sense your surroundings, you sense how you feel, and that's where most people start, and uh, that's, that's the obvious place. So this allows us to be aware in a way, and each of us has been given through this a compass and an opportunity to pioneer, to move our way towards health and towards greater care. So occasionally in the most intense or the truest of situations, the truest action is not going to be what you expect. So if compassion in its basic, basic way of being seen is just empathy, it would require nothing more than just observe, pay attention to move you into a resolution. So I take, for example, the mo- something that's really quite obvious to many is uh, the challenge we face in parenting. So let's take teenagers. You want to maintain that sympathetic consciousness, and yet at the end of the day, the action you're going to take is going to look maybe even downright unkind to them or hard-nosed. So similarly, on a personal level, when you're dealing with that part of you that isn't in alignment and you think, okay, I've got to, I've got to pull myself in here. I, my actions or my way of behaving isn't what I would like. The compassionate action here will include choosing a direct way of limiting behaviors that sabotage or destroy. So taking to its fullest, compassionate action can feel really strong, can feel really sharp. And the point is that it helps to set the mandate. So compassion is not the perpetual permission slip that gives endlessly. So it's not that broad open, I'm so sweet. It holds a value that will prevent pain because it helps teach us to let go and not be available in certain ways. So that's where we're going to go for the moment. So that's a lot of power. I'm pulling you into a way of looking at it that's helping you understand that it's a broader package. It's a broader envelope than just being kind. So compassion can feel really tender and compassion can feel really hard. It can touch a really broad range of human experience. And the way of relationship, the way of relating to all this is in extremes, really. So how these live consciously within you, within uh, within our continuum, promotes or helps elevate or helps cultivate a bigger envelope for care. So the practice of holding the awareness of these differences is the development. So the healthy mind, you know, the, 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 those of us who want care, want to do good and want to improve our situation, they move, we move towards consciousness and there's an asking of, well, how, how can I do this better? How can I prove, how can I know myself better? And it helps because we're looking to figure it out. We're looking to include 
ourselves and others in the promotion of a better way. So this helps because the tolerance for distinctiveness is what we're really looking at. If it's acceptable, it will protect. So to learn how compassion develops and how it teaches all of these discerning qualities or issues to come together, we have to learn to listen. We have to develop the heart, heartfelt skills. These are actually natural skills. It's not rocket science. It's all within. So here, I'm going to go through a, a few stories. Some, some of it's pretty easy, and some of it's a little bit heavier, but it, it gives that edge of these extremes that we may touch on when we're looking at, well, what is compassion, and how, you know, what, how would I define it? So, as usual, if life experience is good, you're going to feel good. We're all going to go into the glow. So, but when the experience isn't good, is painful, we don't. So, see, here, I'm going to talk to some of the issues that will block us from our felt sense, from our way of, you know, connecting in, and the ability to know compassion. I'm going to touch on that for just a moment, not for very long, but... When we don't want to know how we feel, when we don't want to know the pain inside, we suffer. When we can't speak to the issue that created the pain, we suffer. And when we need contact and cannot find the way, we suffer. So these are some of the obvious. Like like a child, we become like children. And we push away. We move away when the hurt is too strong. We're not available and can't actually engage or conceive of the big envelope. We're too small. So a long ago, I remember um, a really simple moment that talks a little bit about this. Uh, and yet it doesn't. It gives you that. A, a little bit of an awakening to what I'm talking here. I was visiting a good friend. This was after a long period of absence, uh, a work a work gig I was on, and um, I was coming back after doing some work with with students. And I'd been given this really lovely T-shirt. It was a hand painted T-shirt, and I really, you know, it's like one of those warm moments. So my good friend picks me up from the airport, and it was a special time together, and. So I, we go to her home, and she, I, sh- I bring out this really beautiful gift, and, and it needs a wash. And she says, oh, here, let me take it. She kindly places it in the laundry, and, you know, we have our tea. And I go to move the wet laundry to the dryer, and I open the door to the washer, and there before me is a really big mess. The paint from the T-shirt ran. It wasn't set properly, and the colors were messed up. But the paint clearly destroyed <laughs> the good towels, and they were ruined. So the white was no longer white. We aren't doing very well here. Now, it's a simple little thing, right? Well, that was a really unhappy moment for me. And usually, I, you know, I'm a fairly strong and, and fairly grounded person. And, and usually, I would just you know, simply offer some support and go, oh, well. But instead... 
I was sitting on the floor and I started bawling my eyes out in, in, front of the, in front of the towels. I was really hurt. She comes and she wraps her arms around me, never says a word, because she's not used to seeing me like this. This was a long time ago, but she's not used to seeing me like this. So all I could say was, oh my gosh, I ruined your towels. I wasn't worried about the t-shirt. I was worried about her towels. And I really felt bad. She held me lovingly. And, and, you know, this was a mutual loss. And we're sharing of heart. So you can feel the glow there. We're, 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 we're good together. I didn't have the power to change the situation. And my friend didn't have the issue of control. She actually didn't really care. What I did was I felt my hurt. A little over the top for the situation in her word, world, but it, it was awkward for me to express that. What she could have done was gotten upset and said, you know, something like, you should have known. But she didn't. So she wasn't expressing any upset, and we left the situation. So we're speaking of towels here. Not such a powerful issue, is it? But what if this were about people? What if it were about children? Or what if, what if it was about health? So here we're getting into, we find friendships and we hope that the power of care will be maintained when life gets tough. One friendship was very clearly marked for life. So here's another story. I'm going to let you think about all that. I'm just going to touch on these lightly. Listen to this next story and see where you go. So this story tells of hardship and the pain of choosing compassion. Now, she was compassionate to me. That was obvious to me. So when you consider a friendship that goes, let's say, from a teenage, you're a teenager, and you go right into um, a really powerful experience into, let's say, motherhood, and you go into that at the same time. This story is a, this next story is a bit about that and how our paths crossed and how something happened in her life and it was a life-changing event for her and she was really hurt. It's a very sensitive issue that developed when her mother really suddenly died. So here she was, we both had children, both young. Her mom suddenly dies. And her process was so great that she lost herself. Now this is the greatest loss we usually share. Mom is huge, huge experience of loss. And with that, she lost her life as a responsible person. Now, I won't go into the details of all that because that was her stuff. But I was asked to help and support and accept, you know, to engage and see what I could do and visit her. I get to a, I get to do that. And the dynamics in the whole and all the relationships involved were overwhelming. Now, here I am, an outsider. I don't have a lot of contact, but I come in as a friend since, you know, that was the good thing to do. And it was it was overwhelming. So here the situation 
would have seemed easy, yet it was I couldn't I couldn't engage the, the the friendship. My heart was distressed. I was with my young daughter, and the situation was that I quietly just kind of went in, and I know I you know looked at the situation, the symptoms, and what I was concerned about, and had to choose. Because something was really wrong. Now, I'm not going into the details, the details. I want you to see that I'm going into what is compassion here. I was feeling her. I was feeling the bigger envelope. And I quietly had to choose because something was wrong. And I had enough grounding to assess and knew that if I remained in this situation, I wouldn't be able to take proper care. So... Here my world was actually being looked at. So I had to make a sensitive decision and I had to show compassion and hope that the understanding, that their understanding was also with me. So the friendship wasn't available due to the circumstances. The care needed was too high due to her illness and to the illness of a a greater envelope. We were all suffering here. I couldn't affect the situation. So I couldn't support her. I was so concerned for the welfare of my daughter in all this, I couldn't take care of any other action. The compassionate action was to say no. So when the issue here is of heart and the concern is for a bigger care, most issues that really ask for compassion will involve a deep loss. And if the care isn't available and the pain isn't healthy, we need to have a bigger heart, a bigger care envelope. So what I like about compassion is that it's a fluid state, not just an emotional one. It's a state of mind. It's a state of heart. But it's also a stance, a stance in the world. It touches all levels. So compassion is the big envelope of care. And in that situation, as in the first situation, I had to really hold, had to hold for a bigger, for a bigger view. So compassion actually provides a resource. And that's an unusual way of looking at it. What I saw is that the resource is a place of power within that knows heart. So when we look to see in these really challenging moments what is available and we know that the situation is really dire, we look for boundaries. If the issue is acceptable and we have a clearly defined limit, we find the meeting place. So you can find where where am I here? What the resource is, what is the resource here? The resource is that gift. It's actually like a gift of wrath that knows the way of health and cannot place anything anywhere else but on the point of no. It's the limit. The limit is the issue. 
So this vessel of heart knows and will accelerate the way towards care. It's a very, very delicate issue here. And a lot of people wouldn't consider that compassion. I do. So my heart knew the limit, and the pain of losing a good friend to illness was already done. What more, what more could I do? The pain of seeing the effect on my daughter was the limit, and I took care. Is this compassion? So this was an intuitive response. And a quiet, wrathful moment. So I talk of wrath, and people think you're going to see, you know, crack, bang, boom. Yes, in a certain way. It's the, you know, deciding moment. But it's also the, it could be the quietest moments, the eye of the storm. And it's a way of care that could only bring one outcome. I had the experience. I remained clear. I remained heartfelt. I was accountable. I maintained respect for a very, very, very painful situation. And I made a request for care. I offered no judgment. Compassion as a way doesn't harm. It accepts. So when a good story is good, the issue is clear. But when a story isn't good, the issue is really hard to hold. So here's another story coming in here. This is a common story. It's a delicate story. Uh, it's a story that you've heard before. It's a painful story because it plays on daily issues of care. One of those situations that we hear about and think about and don't really think much about because it's common. And the details. So a woman comes into my life and has a business. And she has nothing to do with spirituality or anything to do with the work I do as uh, Five Blossom Gatherings. She has no understanding of spirituality, holding, anything like that. As a businesswoman, she knows little about my work. But she knows about business. So we get connected through a community. And as it forms, the needs in the community grow and accelerate. So we come to work together in different capacities and on different issues of support for the community. Makes sense, okay. So as the process of work builds, the community starts to move in towards an identity. So like any group, you start getting better at what you're doing and you start seeing the power of the of the group and what it can do. So it starts moving towards an identity. But the continual growth for the group requires more leadership. For the way of heart is required. So so you know when the heart starts asking, when you start getting conflicts, resolution, resolution, resolution starts coming in. How do we find resolution? How do we find the way of harmony? How do we find the way of heart? How do we find the way of compassion? So these moments are common in business dynamics. So, so the dynamic is set. This is a crossroad for the group. 
And a concern is faced, as this is an issue we have, commonly in our consumer's world, so we're, rec- we're recognizing it. The question is, is this business based on funds, or is it going to be based on care? So that was the crossroad. Without holding of knowledge, the issue becomes one of funds, and the situation implodes, because what happens? There's no care. So as with the previous story, I took a leap of faith and decided that the situation was way too charged with material concern. So my heart was, as always, is moved to care and concern for welfare. So the dynamic was painful since the caring limited the growth of our relationship. And if we care, we need to hold a way, a new way to be able to engage consumerism. So the point is that she could not care. So this is a very common issue around in our world. This is really real. It's a very heavy conflict we face when we need, um, need health and we want to foster care. So what I'm going to do is talk a little bit. I'm going to have to accelerate here because I'm, I'm enjoying myself and I'm sharing with you these stories. So a shift occurred and you can see that I had to look at compassion as the bigger model and I had to serve. And it doesn't take a journey of peers to know that the work is solid. It takes a journey of those willing to let go of the old way of working to move it forward. So in earlier podcasts, I've talked about steps, you know, principles and all these things that, you know, help in our education, learning and support of change. So I'm going to revisit that a little bit and talk a little bit about, you know, the process of, you know, asking the question. And I'm going to move through this uh, relatively fast now because we're going to take a break and I'll revisit it after and go into it a little bit. But we talked about the process of opening and inquiring and observing and letting go. It's like a gentle, let's like open up the envelope and bring the issue to life, open the door. So the issue will present itself through this, you know, way of questioning to hold a better way of support. So in this, we can care because any anybody who wants to bring care knows that the process of inquiry is the way through. So in general, the work will look pretty simple if you take that path. So we start with felt sense, we practice support and the willingness and the setting of a will for all is needed. So this change is forward and holds a greater envelope for care. So these questions that I, that I just mentioned, I'll revisit them as we come back. So I want to take a little bit more time with that. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting fiveblossomgatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5BlossomGatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. So welcome back. So we're talking about compassion and the development of it, and stages, and growth, and learning, and I was talking about a a process of inquiry, and I had to cut it short because of the break, so I'm going to go over that a little bit, and bring you into another, I have a few ways of of proceeding here that make it relatively easy, so you don't have to put your thinking cap on too heavily, but I'm going to ask you a series of questions, really, so you just open your mind, and these questions follow the process of inquiry that I just mentioned, so the, uh, if I open to the question, uh, as I mentioned, there was a discussion there about a, a story about uh, you know the process of care versus the process of of business and of doing business and how these models often don't meet together. So, if I open to the question, you have a, a very dynamic situation, and you're asking yourself, "Okay, I have to look at this. How am I going to look at this? I'm involved. I'm charged up about it." And then you say, "Well, can I consider the essence of the concern I have?" Can I speak to the issue? And you just open yourself to that. And then you ask, through the inquiry, what does a community need to develop strength? How does a community claim new grounding? If I observe and pay attention and ask, well, what's really happening? If the circumstance is dangerous and if compassion is denied and there's no power in care, how can a new circumstance be created? If I allow for letting go, for for moving this concern, what do we let go of? What supports or what support is needed to have a new grounding? Or how do I maintain good grounding? How can we take care of the situation? So in this uh, podcast, I'm working to help you understand that the process of 
care, the process of developing the bigger envelope for compassion is a process of inquiry. And I just wanted to highlight that. So all of that, all the questions that I just put forth will open the mind. I don't may I may not have any answers right now, but that actually helps orient towards the care process. Now, I'm going to take a little bit of a step forward here because I have a lot of material and I want to move it for you. But I'd like to come back and give you another example of how that questioning can be brought forth in a model that is so familiar to you. And you're going to laugh. I know you're going to laugh. You're going to think it's pretty silly, but it's fun and it can help out. So... So here are a few thoughts that might lighten it up a bit, because all that is pretty heavy, isn't it? You're in a very dynamic situation, and you have these big questions, and you're trying to help, and it's really, really heavy. So if I, if we consider, okay, let's consider this. Let's say you're a caring person, and you need to take the lead. We need to eat. We're in a group. We need to eat. We need to have dinner tonight. So we're working hard together. And I'm going to ask you to consider the process you're going to take if you say we're going to consider takeout dinner tonight. So we're going to figure that out. So how many steps will you need to take to manifest the goal? So so consider that these steps are the common steps in a process of creativity and empowerment. So, what's the first step? You have to open to the idea. Who needs? Then, you would inquire. There was how similar this is. And you're going to ask, who wants takeout? Who wants good eating? And who needs special care? And then you'll observe and pay attention and ask, well, what's the situation? Who am I caring for? And who's asking for special care? And then you would allow the situation. And what do I need to do to get this done? So what is my situation? Do I have enough? And who's needing to be held here? Okay, so I know you're probably laughing or going, you're joking. But um, then you're going to dial up for takeout. So you're going to reach out. You're going to ask for what is needed. And you're going to ask who claims the grounding for care here. So you have to open the door. You're the person who goes and opens the door. And you acknowledge the presence. And listen. Do you have the funds to give the payment? This is the person who gives service. So you receive the gift. You receive the food, the takeout. You receive the goodness. 
and you open your heart to the gift, most likely you'll say thank you, which is giving gratitude. So that process is not only a process of creativity that empowers, but it also maintains presence and holding to something bigger. What I just talked about is often considered in all faiths in a way of making a greater plea. So there's a dovetail here that it mirrors and reflects a lot of power. So opening the door to a way of service that is appealing and promoting care that does change the way we work and does make the situation obvious that everybody is considered when care is at hand. That's creative empowerment. So the process of creativity isn't foreign to, to us. We, we know we're quite familiar with it. But the little example shows that we know a way that supports growth for everyone. Pretty basic, eh? So the, the issue is of who is giving and who is taking isn't of concern here. It's the balance and the view that everyone be well. That's compassion. That's the taking it to a higher level. When we engage a way of looking at a good situation, we don't think much about how we got there. If we practice this, we can't imagine doing differently. But when we're continuously getting into difficulties, we have to look at how we manage the situation for everyone. If the situation isn't enhancing for those in power, we need to look to how we can make the situation attractive. If the person supporting has need for care, they will love to be involved. So the support we give others is usually the support we need. If the support isn't available, we all suffer. And when the collective power is not in agreement, we can't have any care. I mean, this is common knowledge to some, but the feeling of all that as I'm talking is really making it, you know, like an obvious. It's like, oh, we have the pink elephant in the room. Okay. We can only give to those who have the need and who have the ability to care back. This is the basics of trade. So the use of the system for goods that are not for the health of all is really of issue. It's hard, huh? If we take the need for care at a level for all, we can see that those accountable cannot care. These people make the way difficult for all. And I get, I get really sad there. I get sad. So if we look at history a little bit here, and we look at the question of, well, what is, what is care worth? 
See, the care we bring to those we love, what's it worth to you? For me, it's worth the earth. It's worth everything. And if we take away care, we know we can't function. So what is care worth? Those who care and promote the healthy way of care are those who need to have a caring society. I'll raise my hand on that one, please. (laughs) Please. So in the history of the world, has there ever been a caring society? Has there ever been a way of caring that is consistent? And if those who care can allow What's the, what's the outcome? So in the history of health, there's issue with faith here. And the issue is how faith moves the community. Usually, faith is set to make the way for those who care. If you think of a congregation or you think of a sangha, or you think of gathering under a greater good, then you'll consider in any context like that, that it's promoting the care and the holding in a positive way. That's, That's the mandate. That's the motivation. So... If those who care can make the way, when then the community is held in a loving way. If those who care cannot have the protection of the community, then the whole suffers. What we know in history is that the work of those who care is usually placed at actually a level of those who run the world. Think about that. This is why the issue of faith and care are are truly in view. If we see the concern that faith and those who promote the way of compassionate care as the way, I think we'll come to an agreement or there'll be a consensus anyways that it's the way of, of faiths, of all faiths. The way of compassion is actually a thread. It's like it's like it's what helps the loom, I mean, of, of of a unified world. This is why the work is so important. So I'm going to say that one more time. Because it's a touching one. That faith and those who promote the way of compassion is the way. It's the way of all faiths. So in history, faiths have been harmed. For not being able to secure the power of land, 
and a lot of pain has been shed. So the process of care can take many layers. And the gift is given in the way that we ask the question, how the door, this door opens. This opens the door to the giver. So the way of harm, when we get fooled, when we feel, oh man, I got fooled. I thought this was a caring situation. I thought this was a caring person. I thought this is what I was setting up for. It's very, 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 very painful to face. So here's a little story. Here's another story. Well, let's talk about storytelling, how powerful it is. In the indigenous way, the power of the story and the power of the teller are respected. They hold the heart. They're holding the community. So the issue of care isn't an easy subject. Most good heart stories involve a deep, compassionate commitment. So stories that speak of care involve a way that isn't harmful. So when the work is of heart, the need, what's it? What's the need? It's for relating, for connecting, to talk to me, engage, open it up. So in this story, I'm going to tell how I chose to work with faiths as the need was for containment. I didn't see the need until I realized that when the need for care is huge and no one can be there, the issue can be really painful. So the story goes like this. So my background isn't usual. It's an unusual background. I was held uh, kindly. I've had some really good teachers and I have been supported on, on in many on many occasions to look and to understand and to involve my way in a, in a way of care and to engage the consciousness of a greater good and and I've been shown that the people know that the way is personal. In other words, it, it's a personal path. What I do and how you do it has to be unique and designed exactly to the way of heart that's appropriate. So, as I was looking to reconnect in a way that could support my needs for compassion, I took a, a step once to reconnect with those who said they held a support for the way of God. So as you go through the process of what am I, who am I, what is spirituality, some people go through different layers, different blossoming periods, different experiences, and you go in and out of connection, like all relationships. It's a it's standard. If you look at the you know, the, the, the phenomena of relationship, you'll recognize they come and they go. They go in and they go out. And, it, and the same will happen in any bigger process of care. So, 
as I was looking, this promoted away. I had enough experience and training that I was looking, you know, for work, for connection. So the work was not just on uh, like a business level. It wasn't about that. It was more a way of engaging the knowledge. You're constantly looking for harmony. Look who is who. In time, I came to see in a certain situation that my knowing, I'll say my knowing wasn't in tow. So it, when you're in a situation, you know that the, if the care was for God, then I shouldn't have been so tired or the energetics are held in a way that you feel sustained, you feel a quietness, you feel a glow that's, you know, personal, discernible. In this situation, I was so concerned for health and community, I realized that there was a huge deception. And that's the most difficult thing to speak to because you can't speak to it. Because spirituality and spiritual care is unique and it's personal. So here I was in a situation that was very deceptive and consciously could not help the situation. I couldn't speak. So remember that at the beginning when I'm talking about, can you talk to these questions? Can you go through this process of inquiry? I couldn't speak to the situation. When you can't speak to the situation, you know there's no care. You know there's an issue. When you can't go through the process, there's no care. So when this happens, and I couldn't do anything, I can't change the situation, and I don't want to hurt anyone. I was supported to leave and find care in another way. What else am I going to do? This experience isn't new. But for the needs of a community, this issue held a direct link as to why care wasn't available. So when those who hold the value of God speak, the quality is really sensitive and available. If this isn't the way, then the concern will be felt and seen to all. This was my journey. I decided to leave a situation when spiritual care wasn't claimed. And where the heart wasn't available. So, heavy, yeah? But I've taken you through a series of stories. The towels. Oh, the loss of the towels. Oh, the mother. The loss of the mom. Oh, the business. The loss of business. Oh, the spiritual. The loss of a spiritual container. Can you see that care needs to be on all levels? Compassionate needs to touch all of this. How do we rebuild? If you lose all of that, if that lines up in one big bang in your life, wow, wow. So you learn about care and you learn about compassion and you learn about creating a bigger envelope for care. So the building of a sense of refuge here when harm has been done is collective work. So those who see and those who know the value of care will look to find a way that's for all. What this means is, in history, those who fall and those who choose to repair the relationship are witnessed 
and held in a protective way. I once witnessed in the most delicate situation a person of a foreign culture. This was placed right in front of me, right in my awareness. It was a, we were in a gathering and we were worked together. We were holding support. And the person was dressed in a usual robe that signified that something had gone real wrong. So I knew intuitively that this person was actually taking a step and being seen very humbly. This was powerful. If you've done something and you know it's not okay and you allow for the community to see you and you allow for all of that to fall off you and to humbly show and repair, now that's intensely good because everybody heals. That is intensely good. This situation was so powerful. The work was witnessed in healing and shifting the practice towards compassion was for everyone. The person was admittedly choosing to no longer do harm in the way that everything was promoted. The work of allowing the witnessing was really important. And the way of work, the way of witnessing, the way people were asked to pay attention, I was, I was, I was like, really like, thank you. Thank you for the honesty, clarity. Thank you for the dedication. Thank you for teaching me about compassion. So if the work of those who live in this way is not taken in as important, then we can't live in society. We need to understand that the work of faith is done through the collective and with the support of all. So, in this case, I'm going to talk a little bit. I only have a few minutes left. I'm going to talk about how in certain faiths, this is, this is the program. So in the Buddhist way, there are, the way is sensitively said, it op- it's open and available uh, it teaches uh, the building of a way of practice that holds the heart. And the practices and the practitioner work with the collective to create the field of awareness for this to happen, placing attention on a way of practice so that the intention, the actions become visible, all become aware of a way of care. In the Taoist way, it's, it's very simple. The work is taught in a formal practice that includes wellness. There's a very physical component to Taoist practice. And the practices are taught in a very simple, kind way. As well as in the Christian way, it involves a way of relationship through care, through prayer. So I'm touching lightly on all this. I'm going to be finishing off in a few minutes and uh, I just want to say that most people work to survive and know a world supported by physical worth and the point of this becomes a source of pain in those who look to a world and know that the greater the compassion the less we need when we find comfort in providing support and care we catch a glimpse of a human field of kindness My name is Denise Richard, and I'm thanking you for listening in today to this podcast. I'd like you to uh, know that this was a very important time to speak to you.
And for those who want to inquire, I can be reached at fiveblossomgatherings at gmail.com. Thanking you for your time today. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.